The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Welcome to the Nina Kowser Show. Oh, you know what? I wanted to just have a, a bit of a banter here and go into Paul Scholes mode and be all monotone about us beating Manchester United 3-1. We gave them a gift, but we opened the present up ourselves. Thank you very much. Back on top of the table. Man United, you are utterly pointless. You are pathetic. Manchester United and Jose Mourinho, you came to park the bus, but your bus was nothing better than a fucking Suzuki Alto. And I can say that because I have a Suzuki Alto and they are shit and good for nothing. So you know what? With all that said, Liverpool 3-1 up. Big thighs, saved lives. Jardin Shakiri, you are the man. We have so much to talk about this. We're live on Discord as well. So a big shout out to all the people joining us on Discord. Let us know your feelings in the chat box. Gags will read them out as we go on. How you feel after that massive win. Uh, was quite frustrated to begin with. But you know what? I'm going to shut up and dial it back a minute. First time ever that I'm talking about Liverpool winning in the league. It's not about me. I have two awesome panelists so without further ado i'm gonna bring them into the equation first up i am joined by the awesome tadiva tanikara tadiva thank you so much for joining us yeah it's such a pleasure and what a pleasure to come for this game specifically um what's it our first win in nine games against Man united which seems so long ago but i think Moyes was the last manager that we hammered right yeah it's it's Mm. quite a weird one i think so just the first goal was the biggest sigh of relief and then just to get the win finally and top of the log baby woo absolutely and you know what i'm actually now um just buzzing because steven gerrard in his press conference for rangers said if liverpool get the first goal they're winning dvg knew all along (laughs) and joining to diva it is Somebody that I actually saw midweek at the Napoli game. He's absolutely awesome. Even though I beat him at a chip eating competition. I don't care what anyone says. I beat him. It is Srikant Bala. Shri, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Nina. Thanks for introducing me with the big lie. You lost. 
<laughs> I did lost. not lose. I did not lose technicality. Technicality, you lost. But but just to hear you not comment on a draw makes you do so many puns. It's like Manchester United went pointless. I had no idea which points you were talking about. But yeah, for a change, good to hear a result other than a zero zero. Absolutely, and um, oh, just there's so much to talk about. You know what, guys? We'll get your reactions in a minute. Uh, people listening in live, type in how you're feeling. Let us know how you feel after that win. I fucking feel like a demigoddess. I ain't gonna fucking lie. Uh, it's great to stick it to my mum as well, but that's a little side note. She's really miserable, unhappy. Just to parent. bring you down a level, you lost the chippy in context. Anyway. Whatever. Who the fuck made you VAR? I am VAR. I am VAR and I'm for index. Okay? No, you're so not. Sit if down. I say Eddie didn't get it right, Eddie didn't get it right. So there you go. Shut up. You, you will not pull me up on a technicality. I cleared my plate first. I win. Doesn't matter if it took me three hours to chew. But you know what? Let's get into this. And we have our first caller. You know what? I feel all executive because joining us live from Anfield, or actually maybe a little far out from Anfield now, it is season ticket holder, a friend, and also the co-host of the Daisy podcast, Harinda Singh. Harinda, welcome to the show. Gala, come on! I'm not far away from Anfield. I'm in the car park. I'm parked up. I'm getting warm, but fuck me. Mourinho will go home crying thanks to Shakiri. And what a Shakiri we have. Tony Coley, what kind of Shakiri do we have? We have the best Shaq you can get. Absolutely. Big Shaq. Uh, honestly, honestly, they'd got such a jammy goal. They did nothing then. They did absolutely. I know. I know. I know. Shit. And I have only one thing to say to the panel. Do you think we're going to win the fucking league? You know what, boys? Take it away. So, you know what, um, Tadiva, I'm going to come to you because under normal circumstances, and, you know, it's a really, really good question that Harinda um, brings here because Manchester City win, so we know what we have to do today. We have to beat Manchester United. We start off really well. We score a goal. They equalise from absolutely fucking nothing. It's embarrassing. And usually Liverpool and their heads drop, but Klopp has the luxury of having great players on the bench to make that little tactical switch, bring on the player and get the bo- get the goals. And is, I mean, like to me, that feels like a title winning kind of team mentality and look and everything. Uh, I want to get your thoughts. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head with the last uh, comment, Nina. It- with regards to the mental side of the game, I think this team looks like a team that actually believes they can win a league title this season, whereas in other seasons it sort of felt like, well, we can try and go as far as we can, and then if we're close to it at the end of the season, then, okay, maybe we have a chance. Or, But the underlying goal has always been top four. You know what I mean? Whereas this season, it seems like the mentality of the team is, no, we're going straight for the league. And... Um, one of the interesting things was Alison was speaking this past week and you could hear in Alison's um, interview, he was talking about that as well in the sense of talking about how, you know, we need to go for the title and what the team needs to do to, you know, stay in this title race and, and take it to City, which I think it's very important for, for any team, especially coming up against arguably one of the greatest ever Premier League sides in Man City. But you know what? The players are holding their own. United get a jammy, jammy goal, as Harinda said. And when that goal goes in, in previous years, Mourinho is then able just to drag you down to his level and get a scrappy draw or even steal it at the end 
but somehow our players were able to, you know, shake it off, carry on playing football, you know, um, and it was good to see that the mentality is there coming from the bench as well, because Shakir would have been, I can imagine, pretty upset to be on the bench uh, today. He's coming on thinking, I've got to convince the manager not to put me on the bench again. And to have that type of hunger on our bench is such a, such a massive factor. So long may that continue and long may that, that hunger stay in the squad for our bench players to make such an impact. And Klopp made a substitution that worked. So I, I, that, that's the funny thing for me. Um, his substitutions have always been, you know, left a lot to desire, but he makes the substitution and it comes good. And I love that it was two deflection goals because that's what United des- deserve after such a scrappy goal that they got. And you know what? It's what Gary Neville deserves as well for body shaming Big Shack over there, you know, having to commentate on that. That is just poetic justice right there. I, I wish they actually had panned the camera on his face because I bet it was like fucking thunder. That's a brilliant point. That is such a brilliant point. You had to commentate on it. <laughs> I was just like, this is him sticking it. I tweeted all this as well. He's sticking it to him. He's absolutely sticking it. And you know what? I'm going to come to... um. Shree now. Shree, um, you heard Harinda's question. Can Liverpool win the league? What do, what were your takeaways from that game? And obviously what Tadiva said as well. You know, this is a sign of a winning mentality kind of team. Because one thing that I think Tadiva absolutely hit the nail on the head. They equalised and we looked a little shell-shocked in the first half. But then we went in and then we came out for the second and we were back to aggressive mode. And I like that. Yeah, uh, so regarding the game first, I think the key thing or the key differentiator from, say, last two seasons games is that we, to borrow, if I could borrow a phrase from the film Coach Carter, it's like we played our ball, we didn't mm. play their ball. It's yes, sir! Did you see what I did there? Yes, sir! <laughs> so, so in that way, so when they score, obviously, what, if you see the first 20 minutes is obviously the, it's helter skelter and then it's usually the, United get into the game, the tempo slows down, they score. And then we we actually, that 10-minute phase after they score, it's almost like we reverted to normal. We started taking shots from distance. The tempo slowed down. I think in a way, it was good. The break came at the right moment. And it was like, when we came back, obviously, I would say the substitution. They, I know why he made that change. He needed the midfield strength. Mm-hmm. But obviously, he, uh, unwittingly, he opened up the attack for us in, with this change. But the main thing was the tempo. Second half, we continued playing our game. What, what helped us in the first 20 minutes? And the minute we we scored and again we went ahead, uh, I think the game was done. Because you don't want to play this Liverpool team and they are leading. You absolutely do not want to play them at all. Because it's Liverpool are not just pressing uh, like here, there, everywhere. It's, it's, it's far more efficient, far more smarter. They win it at the right places and then we are still really devastating on the counter. So I think the main thing was the tempo. We kept up the tempo for large parts of the game. And and with the, the way they set up, there were gaps to be explored everywhere. With, and I think the another key thing you could say, yes, one thing was the depth. Obviously, we could bring in something like Shakari. But it's just that we have so many more avenues to attack. It's like it's a couple of seasons before it was dead center. If you close down... The, the center of the park, because Liverpool's every attack went through the middle of the field. You close down the center, you, if you just put three men on the edge, uh, on the box, where two men covering the edges of the box and one guy on the center, it was done and dusted. If you're good on the job, you could stop Liverpool. But I think with the with the additions in fullback, it is, okay, Klein played this game, but usually, let's say, uh, Trent plays and 
uh, obviously Robertson playing. I think there are far more avenues for Liverpool to attack and it stretches the game like anything. I think that's where we want the tempo and our options on the field. Oh, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> I love the fact that you took, you know, you have so many tactical and so much analysis that I'm just fucking buzzing. I you heard what the lads have said. I know you've always believed, but I'm sure that just completely reaffirms everything and just the direction that we're going under Jurgen Klopp. You know, like, I'm not being funny. We're all fucking glowing. Who isn't glowing? But Sh- Shri, you didn't answer my fucking question. Are we going to win the league? One game at a time. <laughs> Don't give me one game at a time. Do you know what? Maureen brought on Fabinho. Sorry, um... What's the fuck? Fellaini, the fucking mother. He wishes he could bring on Fabinho. We'll get Barney to that in a minute. Lost it. <laughs> oh, shit. They got shitter. They got shitter with the only option they ever have, which is to bring on Mophead. Fucking brilliant. After he does bung it like that, he deserves to get beat. And he deserves to get fucking beat in hell. style. He's and sad. he got smashed all for the over whole game. He's going to get smashed all over Stanley Park. He's going to get smashed all the way home. I have a little theory now. The more I think about this Alison mistake, I think we we're, we were just desperately trying to keep him in a job over Christmas. You're damn straight. <laughs> Don't suck Mourinho. <laughs> Don't suck Mourinho. Oh, it's fucking brilliant. Who could, who can not be happy? I have two passengers in the car who sat in the cot for the very first time. Lads, how was your day? Unbelievable. Couldn't have been better. Couldn't have been better. Unbelievable. Tony, absolutely unbelievable. It was absolutely brilliant. More, there you go. We deserved much more though from the game. They got yeah. a lucky goal. Mm. It should have been four or five outside. Yeah, um, you're absolutely yeah. spot on because I thought the scoreline actually flattered them. I know three one. People still look at it and think, oh yeah, Liverpool completely ran away with that game. But when you actually look at the complexion of the game and how it was played, it made them look a little bit nice because it should have been a tonking. To be honest, yeah. I got a bit worried when a uh, Klein had two thirty yard efforts and then yeah. Had a 30 yard effort. <laughs> we just keep it a patience there, and we did. Ran them into the ground, then brought Shakiri on, and then finished them off. All right, boys, I'm going to um, end it with you guys. Uh, before you go, for the cheap seats in the back, are we going to win the league? Yes. Bungie! Yeah. There we you are. go. Confirmed. Thank you so much. I'm glad you had an awesome time, and I'm glad you actually went to the game and you're buzzing because, again, it's probably been ages for you guys, too. So thank you Rega- so much, Rega- having Rega- that. Rega- regards to your brother in law. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know what? Send him that photo. Send him that photo. Yes, you send it back to me because you, you you send so many. Please give it back. Send That's it back. Refresh. Up. Yeah. Absolutely. Up the fucking reds. Up the fucking reds. And you know what? That was so nice of Harinda to throw shade at my brother and at my mom because everyone loves my mom. She's an awesome United fan. Right. You know what? Thank you so much, Harinda. We are going to move on to our second caller. There is so much to talk about. So you know what? Callers, come through with your thoughts and points. And joining us again, um, I'm quite excited. It is late in India, but this is our fan base. We are global. We are everywhere. We stay up at ridiculous o'clock to watch the Mighty Reds. It's Shomik. Shomik, welcome back to the Nina Kauser Show. Hey, Nina. Glad to be back on. And what a day to be back on. What a day to be back on. So you know what? Just to give some perspective to some of our listeners, uh, what time is it right now? Uh, it's about 10 minutes to midnight. Oof. It's a late one, yeah. I no, know that kind of early, right? The Champions League games are even later. Yeah, they, the yeah, yeah. They, they absolutely crucify you. I, I can completely get that. Um, awful, awful scheduling. But you know what? I have so much love and respect for global fans for that reason. 
Um, it is a hard commitment, but Shamik, I'm sure you absolutely enjoyed that like the rest of us. Um, uh, so please, thoughts and points. Absolutely. So first things first, I think Mourinho, who has always been reputed as a master tactician, got out tactic. The way Liverpool set up right at the beginning of the first half, Mane playing on the right, it threw their entire plan under their proverbial bus rights. Mm-hmm. So they had Ashley Young set up to tackle Salah. Salah wasn't there. It was Mane running riot, right? And we were discussing this on the game chat, right? So that was brilliant. And even in the second half, the changes that Klopp made made all the difference. But amidst all the you know positivity of the game, I have kind of a worry. And it kind of you know touches upon what uh, Sri was talking about, Lovren taking pot shots. My worry is for the 3rd of January. Because these folks... Matip and Gomez are not going to be fit. And Lovren did not instill great confidence tonight. Mm. So I'm kind of worried. And that is a six-pointer. That, I believe, will decide the fate of the league. Please, let me enjoy today. Um, uh, <laughs> we'll cross that hurdle when we get to it. But it is a sound point. And you know what, Tadiva? I'll come to you first about um, Klopp actually getting the better of Jose Mourinho tactically because it was a mindset that he had he had sort of um, the better um, numbers and stats against, certainly in Europe. Um, but since Jose Mourinho has been at Manchester United, I feel like, you know, what what was the stat at, Amf- um, at Anfield recently? Is it something like two draws, Gags? You know better or is it four wins? Yeah, something like that. We just haven't, we've just, we just haven't won there for ages. It's two nil nils. They beat us one nil, the one before that as well. I think De Gea had four shutouts there in a row. It's been fucking horrible. It's been yeah. fucking horrible. So today, all we've been saying all week is just win, man. Just take the win because we're due. And you know what? We were fucking due when we fucking did it. Fair play to Liverpool Football Club. First 30 minutes. Unbelievable. Absolutely. Unbelievable. And you know, with, Gags, um... we were talking about, Gags, we were talking about own goals, right? And yeah. two deflections going in, it was brilliant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anything will do. Absolutely. Gary Neville, Gary Neville got the worst example of leg day, actually, there. <laughs> you know what, Tadiva, I'll come back to you with a question. So, Klopp um, outfoxing Mourinho tactically. And I think one of the biggest game changers for this was, I mean, we'll talk about the, the defence and obviously Klopp having to make changes like Klein having to come in and of course Dejan Lovren playing as well which obviously we will speak about later on in the pod as well but for me you know what the game changer was the midfield he went for a bastard at midfield it was a battle of the bastards and we were John Snow yeah I think the important thing as well is Klopp's doing all of this this season without his right hand man Bubac who we still don't know if he's still coming back no I'm just kidding um like but <laughs> <laughs> we haven't been told what's happening with him but um it's something that I think Klopp has learned to grow over each season at Liverpool there's always something that that seems to change in the positive light and today was one of those things where you're not expecting Klopp to ever tactically outsmart uh, Mourinho um it's it's not especially in a league game it, there's no evidence of it so, I mean, something as small as putting Mane on the right side of the pitch, which is actually his natural side, um, yes. where he's played most of his football. Uh, it, it's something that you could see even the, the back three of United. They didn't know who was coming, who was driving, who was dropping deep. Like, there was so much interchanging between our players that they actually had to, at halftime, change their formation and go back to a back four 
just because of how well Klopp did. And the moment they changed and settled in their new tactical system, boom, Klopp brings on Shakiri, changes the dynamic again. So it was really good to see um, Klopp beating Mourinho, not just with, you know, um, that old, like, heavy metal football. It was more outsmarting him. And it, it's kind of indicative of the way Mourinho's career has been going in recent history and the way Klopp's has been going in terms of one seems to be going, you know, down. And obviously, no disrespect to Mourinho because he's still one of the best ever managers. But at the moment, these young managers, the Pochettinos, the Klopp's, Eddie Howes as well, they're coming with these new inventive ideas. And it's good to see that we have a manager that is part of that crew of mm. managers. Um, and long may it continue. Absolutely. I do feel, um, uh, Shri, I want to get your thoughts on clap, clap out, out Foxy Mourinho and just the whole tactical battle. But I think, you know, Tadeva's made an absolutely sound, solid point. I feel like Mourinho's tactics have become very stale and they've kind of stagnated. And what worked maybe 10 years ago or eight years ago might not be the answer now because football is forever evolving, right? I think, I think not being rude or harsh at this point, but this story of Mourinho being tactically strong even now is like literally outgrown. Mm. Why was he strong? He sets up not to lose, which means what do you need? You need defenders. He doesn't have any. You need people who can hold the ball in midfield. He doesn't have any there. Or he, he has, but he's chosen not to play. That, okay, that's, that's his problem again. He has people whom he can employ, but he's chosen not to employ. So obviously, if you're going to play Liverpool, Liverpool, who are who are going to close you down, who are going to be playing at breakneck speed, you need to hold the ball to slow down the tempo. You, if you just keep clearing the ball, the ball will just keep coming back. His outlet option was obviously Lukaku, but Van Dijk. This I think that was another move. Last time Lukaku went against Lovren, and this was quite clear. Van Dijk just gravitated wherever Lukaku moved. Mm-hmm. He was very clear he wanted to take the ball, and if you cannot hold the ball, you are going to struggle against this Liverpool. As I said before, because just the sheer number of out options. And if you aren't sound defensively, you're going to struggle. I think the zero zeros work. One, because maybe Klopp, obviously Klopp has improved. He's he's not taken the zero zero. He took the zero zero last time. He didn't he chose not to take the zero zero this time. But to be fair, you he played three at the back, but none of them are there are a couple of decent defenders, but they're short for confidence. They just mm-hmm. cannot defend. So so Mourinho's whole tactical mastery is based on ability to defend. And if his teams cannot defend, there is no tactics left for him. Because and another thing as well, Shri, I want to get your thoughts on this as well. Because obviously I do have to watch Manchester United by force. And I find that, you know, with every other team, you can kind of pretty much name the blueprint of a starting eleven with this Manchester United side. And Tadeva, please jump in as well. And Shomik as well, please. I would love to get your thinking. I really don't know who their starting eleven is. Because I don't, I mean, I feel like it's always chopping and changing. And I feel like that doesn't do any any greatness to what he's trying to do or to his players. I, I think he doesn't trust anyone. And it's just that he has to name 11. He names 11. He has his clear favourites. Okay, And we know with Mourinho, there are clear favourites. He is sure. going to play them. But for, it's, it's just almost like he falls out of favour every week with someone. Someone just... Okay, it was Luke Shaw got a series of games. Then he's just gone off. Young came back. Valencia, Valencia was always a permanent fixer. He's now not there. Smalling plays. Jones plays. Suddenly Bailey plays. Lindelof was binned for ages for a while last season. Then suddenly Lindelof is the 
first name on the clean sheet. He buys Dalot. He plays him. Doesn't play him. Suddenly, young plays. Fellaini always starts now. Doesn't start. Pogba is his biggest signing. He suddenly doesn't play. You need players who can, as I said, you, if you don't have players who can defend and who can pass the ball, there's no. That's if you see the results, you could clearly see they have lost to the really lower league or lower half of the league teams. Why? Because they just cannot pass the ball or neither can they defend. So Premier League competition is not like uh, other leagues where you could say where you can stroll through. Even 1920th place teams are going to give you a tough fight. I think the major problem is they just cannot defend now and they have no idea what to do if they cannot defend. No, for sure. Absolutely. I mean, Shami, can't let you have the final say. We, we will speak about the defence um, once we actually start breaking down the team and we will bring up your point there. But your your thoughts on uh, on how maybe Klopp is evolving and, you know, getting smarter and, you know, handling games and like his substitutes are just so much more smarter and intelligent. I think Nina... In order to, you know, win a league, you need to look at the bigger picture. And for a change, you know, we have been focusing more on the league, prioritizing games in the league over, I probably even say the Champions League, right? For mm. some of the games we have put out, you know, uh, rather pedestrian midfield and probably that reflected in the results. But I think we are going for the league this season and that is reflected in our attitude in the games. And Klopp has been proactive. Uh, you know, uh, how many games have we seen him making a front foot substitution rather than, you know, bring on a more defensive-minded player, go mm. for that th- second goal, third goal, try and close out the match, you know, rather than keeping it risky, even though we have a very stable defence. I think we we are getting there. We are not the finished article yet. But, I, like I said, right, I think the Man City game, the six-pointer might end up deciding the final result at the end of the season. But we are in a very strong position. We are absolutely in a strong position. It's coming too soon as well, which freaks me out. But Shamik, thank you so much. I know it's late. We will let you rest and enjoy this and have sweet dreams about the Reds. Good night, Nina. Good night. Thank you so much for calling as always. My pleasure. Nin, got to read out something from... uh, I was just going to say, I was going to come to you. Go and read me some funny things. He just said Shaq had more touches than Lukaku. Lukaku had played more, played the whole game. Oh my god, you know, and it's just, just that's just stupid, just crazy. Mourinho conceded in the post-match discussion that Sky that we were tactically smarter. First time I've heard him concede like this. That was from Shamik. Uh, so yeah, I mean, crazy stuff. But I want to just talk about one thing before we carry on, and that's the XG today, which should be very, very interesting. No, no, 2.61 to 0.66, really. United didn't really do much at all. So, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's crazy. But, yeah, that's a very well-deserved. Very well. The only big chance they got was the one that we gave to them. So, really, United had nothing. So, you could take that. I think, you should, I, I think you should let the subscribers know. Um, we had a WhatsApp conversation this morning, and I was, like, really confident this time, wasn't I? Mm. Yeah, yeah, I think you, you said it. Uh, we're winning today, no matter what. That's it. We're winning today and uh, and uh, very confident. And look, it came through. So, so yeah, it was very, very interesting. I mean, a couple, another thing from Jeremiah, I thought United were going to get Fab at one point. I wonder how Fab would have changed uh, have, have him today. So glad we have him. Uh, he wouldn't uh, have played. He wouldn't have played that <laughs> too. Uh, Guinness, Guinness 1982, thumbs up to Klein. Coming in after so long, injury included, didn't do him any, himself any harm with that performance. 
you know? So that's brilliant. Uh, and I think we're still waiting on uh, your next caller, Jay Reedning, so jump straight to G's on Toast, I think. Yes, the man whose name makes me hungry and very snacky. G's on Toast. He's, he's Nick as well. His name's Nick, by the way. And also, you know what? You got it wrong. Uh, what's his name? Isn't a bastard, um, uh, Jon Snow, just to be clear. He's but not I'm going on to the backlog. Okay, don't try pulling me up on technique. I've actually had enough of you. I need a new producer, Eddie Gibbs. <laughs> I can't work with this one. He's like Woodward. He shits himself live. You can't have Eddie on one of these. <laughs> I can't have you as well. You sabotage me. You blindside me. You trading sly tackles on me. I don't know who the hell you think you are. First, Jason. finish your chips first. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I guess what? Jay's on now. So we'll wait for hey. Jay's on toast. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> uh, oh, Back on you, Jay's on toast. Back on you. Yeah, go on. Even Greg, Greg, my second boss, is saying play nice gag. See what I mean? They know that you're a bitch. <laughs> harsh, harsh. Right, let's get on with the show. Okay. Just remember one thing, subscribers and listeners. I'm Klopp. And that rat face misery guts over there, known as Gangs Tandon, is Jose Mourinho. His niceness is all out. false. Get the fuck out. Mourinho is not nice at all. He's Just... tired and he's expired. But you know what? We're going to go to our next caller because I'm done with you because he's waiting. Um, I'm going to go to Jay Reed. Jay, welcome to the show. Oh, how are you all tonight? <laughs> so smug. Hey, so fucking was, smug. That was good, wasn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, uh, I mean, were you at the game? Yeah, yeah, I'm just driving back now. Jeez, I love this. We've got so much live action from Anfield. So go on then. Um, your thoughts, your points, and how are you feeling? Because I'll tell you what, it's the first time I've been hosting the Nina Carter show for four years. First time ever we're talking about a win in the league. It feels so fucking good. Oh, it was amazing. And just on a point with Gags there, the corner of the ground where I was sat in the upper Anfield Road, we did start singing, don't sack Mourinho, so... We can't really sack Gags. <laughs> well, uh, one thing is for sure, you've confirmed that Gags is indeed Jose Mourinho of Anfield Index. I'll take that all day <laughs> long. <laughs> so you know what? I'm going to come to you, Jay. What thoughts and points? I mean, what were your takeaways from that game? What would you like to share with the panel? Um, first of all, I've been begging for that midfield to start all season. Mm-hmm. And the absolute difference that um, Fabinho makes the fact that he can get his foot on the ball, he can move it forward. He's always progressive in most of his play, really. Very rarely does he stand still. He's always across the pitch, and he was mad the match for me. I don't know what everyone else thinks, but, I mean, it, it was hard to give anyone less than eight out of ten, really, for that game, but he's got to start featuring more, especially in games like this. When we go to the Etihad in a few weeks, he's going to be so crucial to the way we're going to play and the way we're going to go at City. Mm. And, we need to go there above them because if we go there above them psychologically, we're 1-0 up and then it's game on because they've got to come at us and we're the most dangerous team when teams come at us. So for me, keep the pressure on three more wins over the next week and a half and go there 1-0 up psychologically in the head and then watch what happens because last season we saw it was evident. You put the pressure on City and they're vulnerable so... That's what I think we've just got to do now. We've just got to focus on our own game, forget about them, and get the next three games out of the way, use the squad wisely, and rotate. So, 
keeping it fresh. And just a quick word on Klein. I thought he was pretty impressive for a player who's not played for about four and a half years or whatever. Mm. He, had, he had a few ropey moments. The only criticism I have is he never takes the ball in his stride. It's always stop and look. And if he could just progress the play a bit more, it's like watching Carragher about yesteryear when he played at right back and he, he couldn't get forward with the ball. He got so far and he panicked and stopped and that's, what, that's the only thing with Klein. I find a little bit of a criticism. Other than that, he's come in today out from the cold and he's done tremendously well. So whatever you guys want to feedback on that, um, that's my 10 pence worth. Ah, it's more like a pound worth. I'll give you some credit there. It's a quiz worth there. Some great insight. I mean, guys, Tadeeva, I'm going to come to you first. And I feel like we should actually give a bit of a shout out to Fabinho because I think um, as many of us who listen to the Anfield Index and just fans in general, um, we know that Klopp has bought some midfielders in and these were the midfielders that he paid good money for and it was going to be a slow transition. And we finally see them play despite what people in the Sky Sports studio experts and pundits have to say but I think Jay's absolutely spot on I think Fabinho was absolutely crucial and key in that midfield because we know Jose likes to play a gnarly horrible aggressive midfield and one of my criticisms for the past four years about Liverpool no matter how we play we always lose but we always lose that midfield battle and I felt like this time we actually had a hold of the midfield and when you look at the injuries that have come to the defence in of course Gomez being out Matip being out and obviously Lovren playing, I think we need that kind of player. And it's not even the defensive work that he does, the winning the ball back, the harrowing the midfield, the closing down the space. And let's not forget the fucking gorgeous ball that he plays. And he had a few, he had a few decent shots on target as well. This boy is all rounded to me. Yeah. And I think he's, he's technically gifted as well. He's very, very tidy on the ball. I, I think there was one time. I'm not sure if it was the first half or the second half, maybe the second half, where he had a La Croquette um, right on the edge of their box and then released the ball to Mane, I think it was. Then eventually we got a shot off. But it's just something of, of that, um, having a player of that ilk in midfield who's comfortable on the ball, he can break up play of the opposition. He has those little nasty niggle tackles when oppositions are on the break. Um, he seems to be a really, really complete midfielder. And... It's just one of those things where it's not a slight on the midfielders we've had before. All it is is just making sure the starting eleven is always improving. Um, and those, you know, and over a season, you know, every single midfielder that played last season, so to speak, is going to have enough time to get enough minutes to play and play a role for us this season. But it's just for me. I think the midfield that played today is the midfield we should be looking to play as often as you know physically possible for them. Um, I also thought it was really, really good to have Fabinho in because he, he is a big, strong boy. And if you saw, because United from goal kicks, their plan was just hoof it up to Lukaku and try and get the pieces. And that was the, our undoing last season of you know having the Lovrens and the likes trying to go and win that header, whereas we were able to leave... Um, Fabinho to try and win the header with Lukaku and then Lovren and Van Dijk can just sit back and it's so good having you know a, in inverted commas defensive midfielder like that who can challenge Lukaku and then now our centre-backs just can just sit back and pick up whatever pieces are coming off that I thought that was a low-key 
very, very uh, vital battle that he won in midfield today. Oh, for sure. And Shri, I want to get your thoughts um, on on the midfield. And to me, I, I'm I'm not pushing an agenda or anything, but to me, Liverpool versus Manchester United is the biggest game. And it's probably the biggest game on Liverpool's calendar and Manchester United's as well, and in just in the Premier League in general. And I think it was quite telling that he decided to not start Henderson and start with Fabinho. I know some people might want to turn a blind eye to that, and that's not a slight on Jordan Henderson. But for me, a game of this calibre and this magnitude, the fact that he played Fabinho, uh, um, I want to get your thoughts on what you made of the midfield, because I thought I thought him, Keita and Gini Wijnaldum were like the perfect blend and the perfect combination of different midfielders doing various things. But um, obviously the star of that, of that midfield was Fabinho. So I want to get your thoughts. What, what did you make of them and his performance? Is there a reason you asked this, me this question? Is there yeah, a reason? <laughs> yeah. So, no, I, I don't think there is any favoured midfield, to be fair, because you could argue on the other way that he played the flat, the flat midfield three in a do-or-die game in the Champions League. You could argue the other way around as well. So I don't think there is a favoured midfield and it is quite clear he's going to pick the people for the job for that game obviously based on a lot more circumstances but I think he chose the right midfield today. I think Fabinho for me was one of the top two players personally for me. I thought Firmino had a really good game in terms of dropping back and boxing the midfield so we just boxed them from either side. I think Shri is that, a hendo lover by the way. That's what he's saying. Shri's not a hendo lover. Shri doesn't love anyone. Okay, I love how I've made that opinion for him. Shree doesn't love anyone. Shree's not blinded by bias, though. You can love a player, but not be blinded by bias. Yeah, that's a fair enough point. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying. That, so yeah. that, that, there are options. See, it's good to have actually options. Imagine you don't have options and that you are forced to play irrespective of however you want to play. You're constrained by who you have. I think it's fantastic that we have options. We have options in terms of Nabi Keita who can carry the ball. And that's something we have struggled with since Coutinho left. Ability for someone to just carry the ball, either with his take-ons or dribbles. Obviously, Firmino set up the first goal. And I think he was far he far more look ready today than, let's say, against Arsenal. I think, I know it's harsh picking on one game, but he clearly looked one step slower than what the game demanded. But today, he looked really ready. And I think... I think it's also it was helpful in the sense that we we were numerically overloaded in the midfield, but you only got you can only play with what you're thrown up against. I think he had a really solid game. I think I would say this is his best performance considering the magnitude of the situation. He obviously bossed a couple of early games when he got in, but I think considering the context of the league and the who we played again, I would clearly say this was his clearly by a mile his best performance. There you have it, people. I mean, absolutely could not agree more. I mean, Gags, I'll bring you in. I'm sure you want to say a little something on Fab. What did you make of Fab? And also, please read me some comments because so you Fab are the was, multitasker. Fab was magnificent today. The The first half, especially first 30 minutes, was was special. was a special performance. It's one of those when you say... Look at that boy. He's supposed to be the defensive midfielder. You have all those um, discussions about what does Fab bring? Well, Fab doesn't just bring defensive solidity. He brings creativity. He brings vision. Did that you see exactly... that ball to Sadio Mane? Mate, 40 it just, now. Doesn't, just doesn't happen from anybody else in the midfield. 
It just doesn't happen. From, apart from Nabi, maybe, and Shaq. I mean, as in the, 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 the traditional three, it just doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. So when you see that, you get to see, and hopefully Klopp sees it and goes, yeah, I have berated him a little bit. And even people like Jamie Carragher are coming on Sky and saying, it was only the Arsenal game where he looked a bit shaky. He's been brilliant in everything else. Why can't people see it? Are you blinded by bias? Yes, you fucking are. Yes, you fucking are. Just get on board on the Fabinho train and never get off again because you'll never need to look anywhere else. Okay, we'll go to comments now because I don't want anyone else to just reply to that. Uh, so, so basically, we go into the chat and obviously there was a lot of chat about people... Um, you know, about Mourinho and all that bollocks. Greg Hopcroft, uh, Hopcroft sorry, Greg, a uh, partner on AI. He just AI butchered for... your surname. I think you should sack him. The Hopsy, uh, the giant, the, the gentle giant, uh, said park the bus because he was calling me Mourinho and I said I'll park it on Nina's head. Dotty, I'm going to ignore every comment of his right <laughs> now because I don't like them. Anyway, we'll move on. I'm just going to shout out my two, uh, okay. I love all uh, my uh, subscribers, uh, 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 but I love Bernadette and I love Brett. Okay, Jeremy, Jeremy said there's no AI without gags. Love you, mate. Anyway, we'll go back on to the brilliant stuff. <laughs> we'll go on to the brilliant stuff. And Mo Chacha came out and just put a quote in. Um, uh, get well soon, Mo. We're not, we know you're not very well today. Uh, Roy Keane just said trophies are on their way to Anfield without a doubt. Wow. For a Do you hear the child. sound? Do you hear the sound? That's yeah. me falling off my chair. He <laughs> yeah. said, what? Who are you and what have we done with misery? Good. Like he, uh, he, he also said just after the game that uh, this result was expected. You know what? If there's anything, Roy Keane hates Manchester United more than he hates Liverpool. There's a comeback <laughs> for you. He probably does. <laughs> he absolutely does. And I'll be honest with you, that is a massive, massive praise coming from him. First of all, he doesn't really like saying nice things about Liverpool. I believe last season he said something that if Liverpool were playing, he'd turn it off or Liverpool are dreadful when we were in the Champions League at the group stages. When I grew up, I know people loved the the show, busy, gorgeous, elegant midfielders, but that was the midfielder that I always wanted at Liverpool, that kind of player in that mould. Um, so, you know, that's big praise from him. I'll, I'll take that all day long. Boys, your comments on Roy Keane. Do you think he's been cloned? Do you think, actually, um, Graham Sooness two-footed challenged him at half-time, which is why he's saying nice things? And if they had a fight, who'd win? Actually, you know what, subscribers? I need to know. Graham Sooness versus Roy Keane. Go to Jay. Go to Jay for that one. He's on. He's, he's let him finish off. Oh, is he? Jay, come back to us. Go on then. Who wins that one? I'm going to say Graham. Yeah, me too. O- only because when I was sat, I could see the pair of them, and Roy was getting more and more dejected as the game went on, and it was brilliant to watch. Fair enough. Oh, yeah, if they went in for the fifty-fifty, if someone's not breaking a leg, then I wouldn't be surprised. And the funny thing is, I can't even put it on an era as well because Roy Keane was an old era kind of footballer. Like, I think he could, I think he could survive the severeness of seventies football. I think he was probably made for that era of football. So um, it's not like, oh, you know, like when people say Sergio Busquets is the best um, defensive midfielder right now, and with the game right now, yes. But if he was in the seventies, he won't last two minutes. If Graham Sooness was in modern day football, he won't last three seconds. Because the rules have completely changed, you can't do certain things. No. On the topic of Roy Keane, I've got a really good question for subscribers and uh, you guys listening that I, I found out this week when I, when I went on a quiz. Which Liverpool player ended Roy Keane's Man United career? So let me know. If you know it, let me know. Is it Bruno Shrew? <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. <laughs> anyway, right. Jeez on Toast is waiting for you. 
Okay, G's on toast, G's on toast. Kovad, let's have it. Hello. Hi. Hi, how are you doing? We're so, so good. Um, Gags, whilst we speak to G's on toast, you get me some who would win between Sunes and Joaquin, so get me some stats on that. So you know what, G's on toast, the floor is all yours. What would you like to share? What What are your thoughts? Thanks. Yeah, so I'm in New York with work right now, and uh, I was gonna right. go, yeah, and I was going to go down to the Carragher's Bar, which is only about ten blocks from my hotel where I am right now. But to be honest, I was a bit worried that Mourinho would turn this into a really sort of dull nil-nil, um, so I didn't go. But yeah, obviously now I'm really regretting that. Um, you said the word tonking earlier on, and I think that's totally right. You know, we absolutely dominated them, and it feels brilliant. Uh, I think the stats were something like 33 shots to five. And I know that I know there was a start towards the end of the game where we'd had 14 corners to their one. Uh, and yeah, we just absolutely dominated them all over the pitch, basically. Um, Klein did really well, considering he'd been out for so long. Uh, Robbo never stopped going down the left-hand side. And mm. uh, Fabinho... Uh, as Jay said earlier, like Fabinho, I think it was a man of the match performance. Mm-hmm. He was he was putting in some great passes and getting really stuck in. <clears throat> and the assist for Mane was just absolutely filth, wasn't it? Mm. Uh, and I really hope that he kicks on now and becomes a regular in the middle. But but the big thing has to be Big Shaq. I mean, he was the game changer after game one. Um, I've just seen him on TV in an interview after the match saying that he's really happy to be at Liverpool and he's delighted to have the chance to play in such a big game. He's praising the fact that Klopp has uh, always just trying to improve the team in training. Uh, and, uh, yeah, he's just a great guy, Shaq. He's a beautiful man with beautiful thighs and deserves beautiful <laughs> things to happen to him. I'm just glad I'm not the only person. <laughs> Yeah. Honestly, God, people, when I talk about Shakiri's thighs, I mean it in a non-pervy way. He's actually yeah. my gym inspiration. You yeah. know how Rocky had pictures of Eve and Drago to tear him off? I've got Shakiri's legs everywhere, people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he's a beautiful guy with beautiful thighs, and maybe he deserves beautiful things to happen. Maybe yeah. even some Suspect dress sense, though. Yeah. I mean, I mean, let's talk about Shakiri. I think we've got a Shri. I'm going to come to you first because... Fucking hell, Klopp makes that substitution, he comes on. Because what I noticed was it was the perfect time to bring on Shakiri because we got to a point where they had so many men in the box that some of our players were forced to shoot from 30 yards. You know, people like Klein were trying to do it, did it twice. I, I saw Lovren trying to do it. Fabinho actually got one on target. You know, that's what they were trying to force us to do, which is classic kind of Mourinho-esque United tactic against us. Just park the bus and make us shoot from far because we don't have the creative players since Coutinho's left to do that kind of stuff. And I was I was watching the game with my brother and my mum and I said to my brother, look, if we're going to attempt to do that kind of stupid shit, then um, we need to bring on the man who can actually do it. And Shakiri needs to come on at some point because I think he gives him another headache and another, something else to think about. And he came on, he's got two goals and, uh, you know, I think they were deflected. They, you know, <laughs> it was just hilarious. But his performance as well, he was literally pressing. As soon as he came on the pitch, he just looked really up for it. And I think it was either yourself or Tadeva that made the point that when he gets dropped and he comes on, or vice versa, he looks really hungry. So I want to get your thoughts on Shakiri's performance because, fucking hell, Klopp, finally, you actually have game changers on the bench. I actually wanted him to come on earlier just to get rid of our dreadful corners. I'm like, dude, 
we couldn't clear the first man <laughs> yes like, that let, a... let's let's just do the russian roulette let's let's just get someone in let's get shakiri in and let him come to take on corners but yeah uh, i think that's what the game changed because as you said united started retreating to their own box we had space in front of the defense but we had no one to do anything useful with the space and i think that's where we needed someone like shakiri who could maybe obviously he's great at great at carrying the ball himself but he can unlock spaces as well i think that's that's a challenge we have faced where we have been given space but we didn't have the uh, people or the right tools to unlock that space i think uh, obviously the game opened up once shakiri came in and as i said before the game had already opened up when they had removed dalot and we could actually allow robertson to play and united just struggled to contend with multiple avenues being attacked at and i think the game just got sealed once obviously shakiri scored his first you go to one up and there's no way with a new found love for defense we were ever going to lose i think i think there are certain games where we need to play klopp needs to play that 4231 which is played in recent games shakiri for me actually plays far too less for my liking i think he clearly deserves more minutes there are games where he could clearly play in the midfield three even if want so i would like to see him actually get more minutes interesting And to Diva, your thoughts on uh, on just Shakiri? You know, um, I just love the fact that he announced himself at the, on this game as well because I think I did a, a, a podcast when we actually signed Shakiri and we sp- spoke to a Stoke City um, journalist, and apparently there was some interest from Manchester United, but not as serious as us. And you know, I just think to myself, you know what? If um, Origi scores against Everton, and that is so fucking amazing, and It's so nice to see Shakiri. You know, he's every time he's played for us, he's been absolutely sensational. But to come on against Manchester United, hungry off that bench, no pun intended. I am not taking the mick out of his weight, people, or his body. I think he's not overweight. I think that is bullshit. Fit as a fiddle. But to come on in in that circumstance of being one all and just I don't know, fucking shit up. Thank you. I think the the important thing for for me with Shakiri is that he's confident enough in his abilities that he probably thinks he deserves to be, you know, in the starting 11 week in week out regardless of whether he's fit or not. You know, um and you can see all the talk that we heard the negative side of stuff when he was coming from Stoke. Um you know, he's overweight. he doesn't know how to run so he won't be able to play in a club system where you press and you play high level football um he he sulks um i mean there was so many, he's got a bad attitude there were just so many things that was being said of why he was such a big risk but i think the, the it was kind of a perfect storm if you look at his age as well um this is probably his last chance at a big club yeah. you know what i mean at, and he's If, if before we signed him if you look at his career i think his career would have been the perfect you know underdog story if you look at it backwards you know if you look at the teams that he has before you know um, a young kid coming up at stoke then getting his chance at inter milan finally breaking into bayern munich squad i mean that could have been a great story but it seemed like his career was going backwards but at at stoke itself there were glimpses it was a strange one right because he starts at basel and then he ends up at bayern munich but basically he just sits on the bench and then he goes to inter milan so he's had two he had one decent club and then he kind of went to inter and then he drops to stoke and then it is and then he comes to liverpool it's just like a bit yeah yeah it's a bit topsy turvy but the yeah. important thing for him is he genuinely has that confidence and that belief 
that he should starting lineup. It's very different from having a player on the bench who's happy to take their wages week in, week out, and then, okay, if I get a game, cool, I get a game. Whereas Shakiri, I, I mm. think it was mentioned in the chat earlier that uh, Shakiri in his interview said whilst he was watching the game from the bench, he could see where the open spaces are. Um, so you can see this is a player that's assessing the game and thinking, you know, how am I going to make an impact the moment I come on? Whereas it's very easy, especially on such a cold, cold day, to be trying to just stay warm when you're on mm. the bench and not necessarily try and see what difference I'm going to be making and also have the confidence that I'm going to be brought onto the pitch. Tadeva, as well, do you think, um, I think somebody mentioned in the chat as well, if I don't get to shut you out, because the chat is really advancing with some really funny pictures of um, Shakiri's thighs and other things. But I believe somebody typed up as well that Shakiri turned around and says, I'm, I'm playing with um, some wonderful footballers, or, you know, uh, which I didn't have the luxury at Stoke City and stuff. And I feel like if this guy was... Um, I feel like the, he's, he's a bit of a luxury player in a sense that we already have our starting three. And when Klopp needs to, you can throw him into the equation and he blends perfectly with them. And I feel like maybe if he didn't have those players, we wouldn't have maybe the same Shakiri. Would you say that's fair? Yeah, and I, I think it's fair. And also you have to remember there's certain footballers who they're facilitators in team. Where if you put, for example, if you put Mesut Ozil into, a, I don't know, a, a Crystal Palace team, you know, He's not going to play as well as if you put in an Arsenal team where he's got Lacazette and Aubameyang's making run. It's the same thing with Shakiri. And so if you put Shakiri in a Stoke team, yes, there were some of the wonder goals that, you know, free kicks and good play and good balls that, that um, where you can see there is a play there. But it only takes them being put on the pitch with such, you know, good football players or top six caliber uh, level players where you really get to unlock a player like that. So it was never really about Shakiri not being good enough. It was just him being in an environment that allows him to showcase his skills. Even, you know, with the amount of assists he's had this season where he's chipping the ball over the top. Mm. If he's not playing for a Liverpool side who has clever players to run in behind, he never gets the opportunity to play that ball. You know what I mean? Who at Stoke was he going to No disrespect to Stoke, but who, which Stoke player was he going to be playing that clever one-two pass to? Whereas at Liverpool, he's just been given that, you know, free be creative. And I think, you know, maybe later on in the season, there might be concerns comes to now the tactical side of the game and asking him to do more of the defensive side. But it seems at the moment, him and Naby Keita seem to be the two players who have been allowed the freedom to express themselves going forward and then not being given as much responsibility going backwards. But it seems like the balance of the team, Klopp and Pep and, the, and, and his team have been able to work it out that that freedom is allowed yet we're still being so solid at the back. So he's an important player. You need players off the bench if you're going to be challenging for a title. You're not going to do it with 11 players. And a hungry Shakiri is a dangerous Shakiri at the moment. Uh, Nina, can I add in a couple of things? Uh, Go on then. One... You might as well earn, earn your right to be on the show. Go on, give us some insight, Shri. No, I think I think it's it's uh, it's also a statement by Liverpool that when there are good players available, irrespective of who you have, you just buy them. Mm-hmm. He was available, and we bought him. Previously, we we might have just said that is not the area we need to strengthen. We need to strengthen, say, at centre back. We might have just focused, but I think 
this whole structure the whole team structure or the whole decision make uh, recruitment team is all about if you have a good player available you just go and buy them and i think that's where liverpool are literally at top level now it's not only on the pitch even at off the pitch we are in contending everywhere you just buy good players when they become available and, and i'm quite surprised tadiva talks about it being cold dude where did he come from now yes doc <laughs> can you do it on a wet rainy night if you could do it there you could do it anywhere it's a great point there shri that the they're just buying players that yep we've got that position but we're still going to buy you anyway because it's just good to have reinforcements kind of reminds me of me when i play monopoly i just buy everything and i won't let you know but i do become bankrupt very early i'm the first one out of the game it's probably because but, you cheat as well but anyway let's go to a really good i do put my hand into the bank i ain't going to lie overdraft let's, let's go into the into some comments i think the best one uh, well, I think the couple of Hardeep Bamber said uh, not every manager uh, that Karen made a decent point. Not every manager gets what they want, so don't give Mourinho uh, the excuses of not getting the CB he wanted at the centre back he wanted at the end of the day. That happens at every club. You get to play. You got to you know work with what you've got. You've got plenty of players there. Uh, the fact that Bailey wasn't even in your starting lineup when you started shows everything about you. You were a bit of a and, twat. And he bought half of them. Let's not forget that. Absolutely, yeah. So it shows how shit you are buying players, Man United. Which, but you I know, think also. That's he buys players to mentally abuse them. Yeah, <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's it's definitely Mourinho's game to play to shift the narrative in his face. Yeah, yeah. He plays not good. better than any other um, manager. Where for some but reason he, he's got Eric by Lindelof, who's just bought a season ago, and the man's complaining yeah. about centre backs, and everyone's bought it. I yeah, mean, it's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. He's a, he he's a, he's a bit of a twat. So, uh, Tadiba himself then put in some comments from Klopp, who, uh, just to surmise them, basically, he said that the start of the game was probably the best starts that he's ever seen uh, since he's been at the club. And you know what? There's no doubting that it was unbelievable, the, you know, the whole thing. Um, basically, he said, we were a bit lucky with the deflections. Well, that's great. That doesn't matter. Um, uh, uh, the other stuff, Nathaniel Klein got a lot of praise. Uh, adapting to the style and the game and one of my biggest worries which is why I you know he's coming out with the stuff that he would have been worried with for me that says because this is what I thought he would be worried about not adapting but Klein was fantastic in terms of um, just staying strong I know there were some chinks there but you know what first game you expect it you don't expect it to be mm. 100% perfect did it and then he also went and said uh, Fabinho it was outstanding tonight, and that is magnificent. He does try to redeem himself a little bit by saying Milner, Henderson, Wijnaldum were good on Tuesday, and we can make these changes now. So uh, fair play to him. He's, he's, he's still still protecting his uh, his players, which is fine. Which is fine. You know what? That's this is just way. confirmation that he listens to your pod's gags. <laughs> yeah, he's he's aiming them all at me. Yeah, and the you people. Like, you you watching gags? You watching gags? I'm listening. <laughs> he's on this group now. Where the hell he is? He's. I bet. I, hang on. I'm gonna clap out on this pod, and I am gonna find a subscriber, and I'm gonna say that person is Jurgen Klopp. Okay. I think Jurgen Klopp goes by the alias name of of Dotty Twenty Seven. Just filing my nails. She wishes. Right. <laughs> anyway, I think that's all the that's all the callers. So yeah, I think I think we've almost done an hour as well. So yeah, man of the match time. I mean, before we get to man of the match, any final thoughts? Because you know, I, I gotta give it that Jerry Springer vibe, right? We fight so much and everything. Your final thoughts, please, please, please. Um, anything you want to share, get off your chest before we go to man of the match. Tadiva, a- anything that kind of stuck out for you or stood out to you that you feel that you need to just air? Um, you know, I think Liverpool 
signed a throw-in at the beginning of the season. Do you reckon there's any thoughts on a corner-taking coach? Because I don't know what was going For me, United had one corner. We had 14. Their one was more dangerous than all 14 of ours combined. Um, yeah, so that's something I think we need to look at, uh, getting our corners to at least beat the first man. Yeah, I think that was frustrating a lot of people. I think it frustrated you as well, Shri, why you were um, for um, a big shack to come on as well. Um, your thoughts, um, uh, any final thoughts for you on the game? Uh, my final observation from the game is United are trailing us by 19 points, which is more than the number of games we have played, which is 18. I like that. And you know what, um, Tadiva, you're not alone. With um, your shouts on corners, um, Dotty27, Bernie, she agrees with you. G's on tour said totally taking corners are terrible. Um, so, yeah, there are a fair few that uh, agree with you. And for me, the thing that I need to get off my chest was after Alison kind of gifted them a little bit of a lifeline, Sky Sports Studios and the cameraman decided to pan the camera to Minule like he's my saviour. I was like, don't make me laugh. I'm not for a second thinking if only you were in nets. I'm not pining for that. No, no. They, they were symbolically indicating it went pear-shaped. <laughs> yeah, it went pear-shaped. No matter how bad things are, they could be so much worse. Maybe getting that. I mean, yeah, um, that, that's my lasting impression. I loved, I loved the attitude from Liverpool. Um, yeah, they looked a little shell-shocked, but they came out second half and they were just completely um, so pissed off by what happened in the first half. And pretty much started as they started the first 30 minutes of the first half, which I have zero complaints. They look like a domineering team. And can I just say as well, can I just say, first time I've said it on this show, I don't know if you guys agree with me, so please type in the box, but I felt like we were leap years ahead of them as a team, as a challenger, and how we play. It wasn't even close. You know, for so... Sorry? Sorry, no, no, I was just going to agree with it, but you can continue and then I'll... I'll... Yeah, sure. Um, no, I was just going to say, um, we just look so much more evolved as a team. We look so much more happier. Our players just look better. The set just feels so much better. And as a Liverpool supporter, it's... I mean, I know it happened under Moyes, but that was just like a flash in the pan. New manager teething problems, whatever. I know it happened that season, but this time it truly, truly felt it, you know? like, And I feel like... It's going to long continue, if you know what I mean. I feel like there's a gulf now. I genuinely do believe that. Um, Tadeev, I'll hand it over to you. Yeah, and I think you mentioned it earlier as well in that, you know, you don't know what Man United's starting eleven, or at least what could even be United's starting eleven going into any game at any point in time in the season. And then you contrast that with Liverpool, where you kind of have an idea of who's going to start I mean, if, especially sure. if you listen to your fatigue index and um, under pressure, you know whose minutes are kind of you know, up there, know who needs to be rotated. You, you, get, you get a good idea. But I think also, if you look at the season planning as a whole, it doesn't seem like Man United have had a plan for this entire season. Whereas Liverpool look like they've gone very methodical and how they've gone mm-hmm. about the season. At the beginning of the season, United bought in Fred. Um, we bought in Fabinho. And then Fred started the mm-hmm. season. Uh, Fabinho didn't even start the season. Everyone's obviously like, oh, look at Liverpool spending money on people that can't even start. But where's Fred now? He's, he's, he was available for this game, but he got, he's not making the squad because Mourinho is saying he's not ready to play, you know, in this team. Whereas Klopp time 
you know, it's, it looks like it's something he's actually thought about that. No, I don't want to throw in this brand new talisman midfielder brought into the deep end. Let him settle in, let him learn the system, and then I'll slowly bring him into the team. And you can see the fruits of that labor now with how well Fabinho is playing. Whereas if you contrast it with United, Fred isn't playing. I mean, Paul Pogba, you know, people can joke about, you know, the bad touches and stuff like that. But he, for me, at least, he's one of the better young midfielders in world football. And for him, I agree. feature in this game just says United clearly don't have a plan for Paul Pogba. And if, look, if, if, if he is available, I wouldn't say Paul Pogba coming to Liverpool because they seem to not want to use him at United. So the whole United doesn't seem very United. Um, whereas at Liverpool, it seems like there's a clear plan from beginning of the season going forward, what we're doing, and hopefully, you know, it carries on going like that. Yeah, um, I agree with yeah. you on that. And, you know, yeah. uh, Shri, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think since uh, Tadiva talked about contrast, couple of two, couple of contracts I could uh, contrast I could mention about the two teams. As you said, we look like a team. They just look like eleven players there. Mm-hmm. Eleven have been just put in. Nobody has a clue what to do. I think the biggest contract contrast I would see you now, especially considering how the rivalry has come over the Ferguson era and now how it's shaping up, is that we know how this Liverpool team will play week in week out, and we are up for it. United fans know how this United team would play week in and week out, and they are just not up for it. Absolutely. Manchester United right now and Jose Mourinho tactic pretty much to me is summarised by throwing shit at the wall and hoping it stick. Um, that's all I can say. Guys, um, I want to get your man of the match. I'm sure, I mean, I think a lot of players had a very good game, so and I think there's been some spoilers as to who might get it. So you know what, Tadiva, I will come to you first. Who is your man of the match? I was tempted to go with Shakiri, to be honest, but f- mm. for me, it's got to be Fabinho, purely because yeah. he's on a different level at the moment in terms of midfield. He's helping us, you know, break down any opposition's uh, counterattacks. And the important thing for me with Fabinho is he's doing things well enough that he doesn't need to make like recovery tackles or make, you know, last ditch um, challenges or make silly fouls. If he's making a foul, it's intentional. You know, either the ball or the man goes past me, those type of situations. But then also he's bringing in the attacking side of the game. He's willing to take shots on. He's willing to play through balls. And that assist for Mane for the, for the goal was just simply amazing. Oh, absolutely. And then Mane was absolutely majestic for Shakiri's goal as well. Um, uh, it just, um, it's madness. Really, really good game. And I had to give Mane a little honorable shout out there. And I want to come to Shree now. Um, Shree, want to get your man of the match? Who is? I mean, again, I think we've said it. There were some very, very solid performances today. Yeah, just to reserve my spot on the next podcast, Bobby Firmino. I think, but to be <laughs> frank, actually, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, I, I, I actually thought this was one of his best games of the season. It was. I, yeah, he actually pressed I, really I, well. Yeah, I, I, I think we. The biggest thing was that midfield struggled because we were able to close them from both sides, like Fabinho stepping up mm-hmm. and closing them from the defensive side, while for, obviously Firmino closed them from an attacking point of view. I think, yeah, the real, I think the way we played the whole the, for our midfield to control was also opened up by him numerically overloading by dropping deep as usual, but also playing his press the pressing game which we know Bobby can play, which is something we have not seen much at all this season. I, I. 
for me bobby has been one of the i i might be harsh but one of the bigger disappointments till now this season but i would say this this was close to his really good best that one of the games where you would give him an 8 of 8 out of 10 though he has no assist or no goals mm-hmm. sure okay so you just to confirm who's your man of the match bobby firmino i like that And you know what I actually got into a conversation with somebody um, on Twitter for game and so I it would be after the first half it would be great if we had a proper number 9 and I'm like our number 9 is doing just fine he's pressing he's actually doing all the things that you want him to do but he's not in the mold of Fernando Torres or you know any other number 9 I'm like but this number 9 suits the way we play right now and it was after the full time whistle I was like can we not just enjoy him for who he is and what he does you know I love I mean sometimes it annoys me but I love the fact that sometimes he has the intelligence to kind of think hey hang on we're losing the midfield battle i need to drop deep there i need to do this i need to do that he is everywhere and i think his biggest shining spots come in places where he's in our half we are just we have just got the ball and he's his back is to our goal but he will do something really clever to beat his man and initiate the counter attack a lot of stuff we miss but he's one of the guys who would usually win the ball even in our half and would get us going i think I think we have missed this Bobby and I think this was one of the best games as I said this season he was outstanding for me personally. He was very good and again his work rate would go unnoticed. Okay so we've got the Samba up um uh, fighting it for man of the match so I have the final vote so you know I'm to Alison just kidding he didn't have the best of games but I'm not going to throw him under the bus as well he actually had nothing to do by that little mistake it meant nothing it was pointless so you know what those people who are criticizing Alison sit back down it is right now between Roberto Firmino and Fabinho and I am going to give it to Fabinho because I just thought he had a really commanding performance in the midfield and I feel like those are the places where we get exploited against Manchester United that's where we lose the game and you know what it's so nice to have our own little arseholes in the midfield who will put in a challenge who will win the ball back who will offer that defensive shield and not only that he's um advanced players well it just linking up with the attackers moving forward trying to have a shot as well he was literally doing everything he was a bit of a man mountain in that midfield and it's so nice to have that Oh you got Virgil van Dijk and then you got Fabinho in front of that. It's just it's just absolutely sensational. Um but Roberto Firmino is a good shout and lots of you are saying Shakiri as well. Again, you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts who's your man of the match. Why why would you pick a man of the match and um do do interact with us on on Twitter and all those other things. So, um that is pretty much it for the Nina Casa show. A massive thank you to all my subscribers who have joined us live. We absolutely love you. And you know what? It's no fucking coincidence that since Nina Casa show has gone live that we're actually winning games and on top of the league. I'm just saying this could be a lucky charm. This could be a lucky charm. Yes. yes. So you're going to need to learn how to do this on Friday night because I'm at the Wolves game. Yes. I am not learning anything. Don't worry. You can do it. You can teach me. Yeah, of course I will. Okay, teach me. Gags has somebody actually come up and asked split loyalties or any of the stuff to you? Mate, if they ask that I'll probably spit <laughs> on the floor. I'll spit on the floor. I'm sitting in the away end. Gags is going to have a half and half. Only me. Only me. Gags I'm a uh, before I come um I want to get some from these guys first. So Tadiva 
To the listeners, can you please let them know where they can find you on Twitter and if you've got any work coming up or anything you'd like to promote, the floor's yours. Uh, cool, thanks. Um, on Twitter, you can find me on the Ace of Nave 7. And then in terms of co- uh, things coming up, I think this week we should have a, f- a fantasy podcast. How are you doing week. with that? Um, well, I have 12 points sitting on my bench, so I'm not too happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> I have Wan Bissaka and Bennett sitting on my bench, and I captained Aubameyang, who got a measly two points. But um, for the week, I seem to be on about fifty points, so not too bad. But yeah, so last week we had a bit of a scheduling issue, and then this week we should be back on. Awesome stuff! Yeah, guys, do check out the Fantasy Pod if you want to tank at fantasy football. Listen to everything what Tadiva says. You'll be well, well on your way. Thank you so much, Tadiva and Shri. What about yourself? No, no, no. I think what Nina left is just listen to the pod and do otherwise. That's the do otherwise bit is what she left out. Yeah, do, do the exact opposite as to what Tadeva recommends. Okay, people. And what about yourself, Shree? Emma, where can, where can listeners find you on Twitter? And um, is there anything that you're working on? Anything you'd like to plug? Yep. So you can find me on Twitter at, at Shrikanbala. And obviously, we should be having a fantasy pod this week so that me and Tadivan can commiserate over captaining Obamayang. Uh, so we should have a pod this week and usually you can find me as part of the post-match team. I usually write the key observations on the game. So from mostly on the next week's uh, rota, I should be writing in our game. Awesome stuff. Yep, do check out these guys. Give them a follow on Twitter. Once again, a massive thank you to our subscribers who've joined us live. A massive thank you to the call. Not be a show with them. Gags, massive thank you to you. You're the producer. So you know what? I'm going to give you the floor. Maybe who was your man of the match and how do people get involved with Discord? Because I still haven't mastered it. Yeah, Fabinho all day long. Uh, Fabinho was good in parts, infuriating in parts at all, especially the last 15 minutes of the second half. But yeah, apart from that, Fabinho should win and Shakiri should be the second one in line. Uh, last thing is Discord. Look, folks, we are on Discord now, anfieldindex.com forward slash Discord. Make sure you get on there. Everyone's going to be in there slow. It's taking a while to get all the subscribers in, but we will get there. Uh, and Basically, what you do is you get to talk to us, um, you know, the, the the contributors and fellow Reds about the games, about everything, LFC, non-football, movies, comics, everything's in here. There's the whole thing. So you don't have to be an AI Pro subscriber. That's the free side. If you're an AI Pro subscriber, though, it's fantastic because not only do you get, you know, to talk to all the pro uh, contributors as well as your fellow Reds, you get these live shows and pro live shows as well. And there's a Christmas special this Tuesday night, 8 till 9.30, live on Discord. It'll be released, not immediately after the show. So if you want to listen to it first, 8 till 9.30, Tuesday night, it's going to go on Christmas Day is when we release the podcast. All pro, AI pro contributors will be on, or as many that are available on the night. We'll have some fun. We'll talk football. It's going to be a fun time now after this win. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be amazing. The preview, hopefully, is for, uh, uh, live as well. And then the Nina Kaza show is is live again on Friday night. So live every That's it. I forgot to tell you, you will be producing. I'm going to make a... <laughs> no, no, I'm at the game. I will not be producing. I'll be playing poker straight after with my boys. We'll be having no, a... And then I'm going to kidnap you and tie you up to the studio and you will work. I will not work. Not Friday. No, not, yes, not at will. all. Anyway, Jesus. I'm toast. working Friday. So are you. Jesus on toast. You want to say something? Last thing before we go? Yeah. 
Yeah, I just wanted to say, we fucking thrashed Man United. <laughs> Should have been Jose on toast. Who the fuck are Man United? Who the fuck are Man United? Anyway, fuck you. I think that is the perfect way to end this pod. Thank you so much, everyone. Enjoyed that. We're on top of the league and we absolutely battered the scum. Up the Reds. Podcast Network.